Welcome to episode 12 of the AV Geeks Assemble podcast. I am Andrew and I'm once again your host this week. In this episode, we have another very special guest to join us to talk all things photography, aviation and obviously typhoons. Joining me to speak with our special guest this week is Ben. Hello. How are you, mate? You all right? I'm okay. How are you? Yeah, good. First time on the podcast. How are you feeling? It is indeed my normal appearance. Very excited. <laughs> nice. Um, so before we start, um, we must emphasise again that our opinions are entirely our own, and that also goes for any of our guests, either today or in any future episodes. So now that's out of the way, it is time for our guests to join us on this flight. We're still not quite sure on the final destination, but we will see where it goes. One other thing before we continue, I'd just like to congratulate one of our members uh, on the birth of his child. So shout out to Anthony Fogarty, his wife, Sarah, and their newborn baby, Alyssa Ray Fogarty. All the best to you guys from all of us here at AV Geeks Assemble, and we'll see you back on the podcast soon. So we are honoured to have with us today none other than RAF Typhoon instructor pilot with 12 Squadron and former Typhoon display pilot, Flight Lieutenant Jim Peterson, MBE. How are you today, Jim? I'm very well, thanks. You? How are you guys? Yeah, good. Thank you. Okay, yeah. Um, just firstly, uh, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Uh, we do really appreciate your time. Um, obviously, busy man like yourself, uh, we, we appreciate you giving us the hour or so to uh, just have a little chat, basically. No worries. I'm looking forward to it. Nice. Um, so firstly, tell us um, a bit about yourself and how you got into aviation. Like most kids, I went to an air show when I was young and was absolutely blown away by the Red Arrows. And I think it was a it was either Belgian or Dutch F-16 as well. Um, and just were, just couldn't believe what these things were doing in the air, whizzing around. Uh, and when you're a kid, you just, stuff like that just takes your breath away. And I just thought, wow, what a job. And then I went about thinking, ah, oh, maybe I could do that as a, as a living because it seemed like a better thing than working, working living, let's say. Um, my dad had a, my dad was a policeman, but he had a couple of mates who were airline pilots. Uh, and they always used to be swanning back from amazing destinations and they always used to be driving flash cars and stuff. So initially I thought, you know what? I think airline pilot would be the way ahead for me. Um, but actually I joined the Air Cadets when I was 13 uh, and they got me involved in gliding, um, outward bound sort of stuff, Duke of Edinburgh's. Uh, and the more I hung out with them, the more I realised that actually military flying was probably for me initially. And I always thought I'd just join up and then, probably leave at an option point and then maybe join the airlines but yeah i'm 22 years in now and still in the air force so i haven't quite made that transition to <laughs> but yeah, i absolutely loved every minute of it and uh yeah very fortunate to be where i am doing what i do yeah no for sure um i mean obviously i guess it's still sort of early doors but have you have you got maybe plans to still do that in the future or yeah, I, there's a lot of options out there. I'm very fortunate to be a professional aviator. So you've got two ways of staying in the Air Force. You can either become a career officer and try and be the chief of the air staff. Uh, I knew quite early on that there are a lot more talented people than me who were destined for greater things. So what I did was concentrate on my flying. And there's a great option in the Air Force where you can just stay as a flight lieutenant. Uh, you can jump to squadron leader if that's your bag, but actually staying as a flight lieutenant, you can still go up uh, the, the pay scale a little bit, um, still get a decent pension out of it, but most of all, you can you can continue flying. Um, and actually, the it's not just pilots that are part of the professional aviation branch, um, uh, WISOs, um, you can have loadmasters, you can all be part of this branch. Uh, and it just means that the Air Force get to keep uh, our, our valuable experience uh, and get us, get us staying in the Air Force rather than turfing us out, having trained us and spent all this money on us. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Yeah, I guess it is, it's good for both parties as well in that instance as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it works both ways. I mean, I'm still in the Air Force, so I I do, I do all the jobs that the Air, a normal Air Force officer would do. But because I've been doing it for 22 years, they kind of treat you a little bit differently, I would say, as in uh, they'll, 
you're more likely to go to an instructing type role. And if you've got a big uh, family like I have, uh, they'll try and keep you in the same location rather than move you out all, all the time, which which is great. Um, yeah. They really do look after you, which is really good news. I think that's quite a nice insight, to be fair, because I myself um, did apply to the RAF a couple of years back. And one of the scariest thoughts was moving around, maybe not being able to settle in one place. And I think a lot of the time it can get lost. Like I'm sure at the um, local careers offices, they do obviously say similar. Um, but that was one thing for me where I was thinking, is it something I can do, you know, long term if I want to start a family and things like that. So you saying that for anyone aspiring to do so that's worried about that, maybe that might settle them a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And what you can do is the Air Force is it's, it's consolidating where, where it bases itself. So we're, we're go, going down the line really of sort of super bases like Bryce Norton, Coningsby, trying to keep plate. Um, and so you can kind of stay in RAF Lincolnshire. And then depending on what your trade is, you, you've got a lot of options out there. You've got uh, Waddington, Coningsby, Cranwell, and they're all well within driving distance of each other. Uh, mm-hmm. So actually, even if you need to move around jobs, you can generally stay in, in, in one sort of place. No, that's cool. what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's really good. Like, I'm sure obviously we'll touch on that a little bit more um, later on, but no, that's, that's a good, that's a good insight. That's, that's really good. Thank you. Um, so obviously as you're aware, um, we're an aviation photography podcast uh, mainly. Um, and I'm going to go out on a limb here, but I would imagine that you've been the subject of photography far more than you've taken photographs or am I off target? No, you're absolutely right. I, I've got an iPhone um, and I'm <laughs> always impressed with the quality of the iPhone when I'm in like a low light situation, uh, sat with friends or something. But as soon as I whip that out and try and take a picture of an aeroplane, it's absolutely dreadful. It's like a, a small dot yeah. <laughs> in a vast sea of blue. And so, yeah, I've never never had the well the time really to even pick up a proper camera and start clicking away but i'm always blown away with the pictures i see that you guys take it they are unbelievable no thank you um obviously as the subject of so many photos especially during your time as the display team pilot um are there any any images in particular that stand out in your mind or yeah the the ones where it's a it's a moist day um and then you just sometimes you see the the, the aircraft just disappear so maybe you don't see it but the one where yeah when there's a lot of are we allowed to call it spluff on the wing uh, like clouds on the wing um anything where you're going really fast and you can start seeing the halo start to form from the sonic boom uh or just like the full 9g back stick and you can really see the jet you you can actually see sort of things across the wing and it really looks like the jet is is really moving yeah Uh, they're, they're the best ones i think yeah nice yeah we've seen plenty of those definitely um okay well um now that the introductions are done um we've just got a quick bit of housekeeping to attend to an audio version of the podcast is also available on spotify and apple podcasts Uh, just search for av geeks assemble uh av g double e k s a double s e m b l e all in one word as well um, if there are any other platforms you would like us to join, let us know through DMs on Instagram or Facebook. Um, and we'd love it if you could share the podcast uh, wherever you watch or listen to it with your friends, your groups on social media and your family, uh, if you think it's something they'll enjoy. So let's get to the icebreaker. Jim, we've got a little game for you to play with us. Okay. Uh, so Ben's going to take you through um, a few quick, like, you know, uh, rapid fire questions. Um just basically to get as many facts about you as possible. Um, but yeah, so Ben, when you're ready, mate, take it away. Yeah, exactly. So this is for most of our listeners further afield, um, especially in the States, so, you know, might not be as familiar um, with you as some of, you know, some of we all are. Um, so the first question, uh, tea or coffee? Black coffee. Nice. Coffee. Cats or dogs? So I've got two cats, but I actually probably prefer dogs, but I do love my cats. <laughs> Good answer. Uh, Instagram or Facebook? Instagram. More photos, less adverts. Could be a contentious one recently, but we won't get into that right now. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. <laughs> um, music or podcasts? Am I allowed to have ebooks? Is that a thing? Ebooks, ebooks count. Ebooks, ebooks that count. Yeah, I, 
to be honest, it's 50-50 for me. Probably music. I like, I like music in the background, but yeah, good podcast like this one. Well worth a listen and an ebook on a long journey. Exactly. Running or cycling? Neither. Yeah, cycling, because you can get further. For, for less effort, exactly. Yeah, less effort. <laughs> so considering your lifestyle, um, an adventure holiday or a relaxing holiday? Yeah, it has to be relaxing. Wise choice, wise choice. Um, fast jets or warbirds? Fast jets, but I did sit in a Spitfire today for the first time ever, and I'm slightly taken. So maybe in my old age, we'll see. Oh, exactly. Uh, TV or books? I'd like to say books, but I'm a bit lazy, so I'm going to have to say TV. <laughs> well, really more enjoy fair enough. Answers. I tell you what, they're very honest, and I like them. <laughs> exactly, indeed. Um, I think you already mentioned this, but iOS or Android? Yeah, I went iOS a long time ago, and unfortunately, I can't turn back. <laughs> Beer or wine? I have to say wine, better for the stomach. The waistline. <laughs> <laughs> um, winter or summer? Summer. Yeah. Definitely. Air show season. Yeah. <laughs> very true, very true. Nice climate as well. Restaurants or nightclubs? Nightclubs definitely have a place, but restaurants are... Yeah, I'd go to a restaurant more often, I guess. <laughs> 12 Squadron or 29 Squadron? Oh, controversial. I'd say 12. <laughs> yeah, 12, just because it's it's where I am at the moment. It's it's brand new. It's it's exciting. It's brilliant. Nice. Typhoon or the F-35? Which is your <laughs> particular prefer? Uh, typhoon. Um, I just think yeah, it's been around longer. It's more established. Um, can probably do a bit more in certain respects. I mean, F-35 is incredible, but I think it's still got a little bit more to do before it convinces me that... More to prove itself, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Do you prefer health food or junk foods? I'm a bit of a nerd. I do like health food, I'm afraid. Yeah, no, no problem with that at all. No problem with yeah. that at all. Junk food makes me feel a bit sick, to be honest. Same, and yeah, I'll still eat it as much as I can, which is the worst thing about it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you prefer Mac or PC? I don't like either of them. They're always breaking down on me. But, <laughs> uh, Windows I mean, updates, yeah. Mac appears to me to be a bit more robust and simple, but I don't know. PC have really got their act together recently, so I have to say Mac, but PC appears to be on the up, let's say. Matching up, yeah. Mm. Um, do you prefer an airfield air show or a beach or coastal air show? That is a tricky one. They're both amazing in their own way. What I like about a coastal is that it's pretty much open to all. Um, so you get lots of other types of people there, like lots of family stuff. Um, but an airfield, you can get a bit closer yeah. to, to, to the people and actually really talk about aeroplanes to people like yourself. So, oh. <laughs> Let's say airfield just because it's easier to fly at because I've got a runway to follow. <laughs> yeah, that's As true. opposed to trying to work it all out with a bunch of boys floating in a <laughs> in a sea that's probably floated away at some point. Yeah. Uh, last few now. Uh, cinema or theatre? Oh, I'd love to go to the theatre, but it's just tricky and expensive. So cinema's marginally cheaper, so I'd probably say cinema. Yeah. I do like the theatre. Just don't have the options. Uh, Coningsby or Lossie? Have you, have you been to have you been stationed at Lossie? I have. Um, beautiful place, but just too far north for me. All my family are from England and the south, so I have to say Coningsby. Nice. Uh, close but one now. Uh, red flag or crimson flag? Yeah, so I've been to red flag, so uh, I, I have to say red flag I'm not entirely sure where crimson flag is. I've, I'm sure I've heard it being spoken about recently, but for the life yeah. of me, I can't remember. Must admit, I'm showing my age. I was on Red Flag in 2005. I've never taken Typhoon to Red Flag. So, yeah, the last one I did was 2005. So. Right, okay. Fair yeah. enough. And it was Red Flag. Crimson Flag probably wasn't existing then. Crimson Flag is at RF Marham, 
uh, and has fielded uh, British and US Marine Corps uh, F-35. Uh, yes, I know exactly what it is now. Yeah, uh, actually, I wasn't in it, but it was last year, wasn't it? Red flag's a lot bigger. Yeah, um, better airspace. So, yeah, red flag. And the final, and in my opinion, most important question of the set, <laughs> um, Indian takeaway or Chinese takeaway? Indian. My wife's Indian, so there we go. I like both, but no, Indian. Nice. All right, cool. Well, we got to know you a little bit better there. Some good questions, a couple of controversial ones, but <laughs> no, isn't it, I guess? Um, but yeah, again, some interesting ones. I do like what you were saying um, about the difference between uh, airfield or coastal air shows. That's quite... Because the thing is, obviously, Ben, I'm sure you're similar. I've, I've been to both. And you don't really think about... Well, you do sort of, but like the differences between, like you said, you've got a runway to follow or a couple of boys in the sea. But when you're sat watching and photographing it, it doesn't really occur to you how much of a difference that must make. Yeah, it's huge for for the pilot. I mean, a runway is a very obvious feature. Yeah. You use them every day to take off and land, and they are long and straight and perfect for for flying lines. but coastal sites, they're all unique. Um, the Typhoon display, I'm quite fortunate, it's a very manoeuvrable aeroplane. So actually you can fit into reasonably small bays. Um, yeah. But anything bigger than a, sorry, smaller than about Tor Bay. Um, yeah. The Swansea the, uh, Bay is just about big enough as well. Um, but anything like Scarborough, I couldn't squeeze into that little bay in Scarborough. So you end up pushing displays like mine right out um out of the bay and then you just feel like you're a little bit far away potentially yeah um but i mean the spectacle's still great and it means a lot more people can see it um also you can get some really quite interesting weather on coastal stuff um some optical illusion sort of stuff happens um you've got to be really careful especially when the weather's poor uh, you can lose the horizon and the sea can kind of melt into the sky and it can be quite easy to get disorientated so Okay. There definitely is a real skill to flying at coastal sites. Um, they're definitely a harder thing to display at. And so, so the, I remember at Lossy Mouth in 2019, the family's day, um, I only saw you briefly when, when you were below the clouds. You could, you could hear the rumble of the jets, but it was just above the cloud, but in the clouds the entire time. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I mean, sometimes... The weather is such that, I mean, we have weather limits and as long as it's within the limits, we can fly it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm lucky. I've got an incredible head-up display, um, which gives me pretty much perfect situational awareness with regards to my attitude, my speed, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, the people who really earn their money in those sort of conditions are the guys, yeah, and the warbirds and all that, who, who are just looking out the window and trying to fly using visual references. And it's quite easy um to lose those visual reference i say easy it, it can be tricky at times depending on the conditions yeah of course yeah again really good insights because obviously let's not beat around the bush you guys do make it look effortless you know when you're sat watching these displays it's it just looks like you know me driving my car down the road it's it's unbelievable so to hear that insight again it's very interesting stuff that usually we wouldn't um you know be privy to so yeah it's yeah cool um right we've got a few more questions for you jim um between myself and ben um ben would you like to start mate i will indeed jim what does it mean to you um, to be awarded the MBE from the Queen um, in the New Year's Eve honours list uh, at the end of last year? I couldn't believe it, to be honest. I mean, the, the clues in the name, the honour, honours list, I mean, it absolute honour and brilliant for me, but even more brilliant for my family and friends who supported me throughout the whole of my life. Great for the team around me as well. Uh, unfortunately, they couldn't all get one. <laughs> I know they call OBE some sometimes other buggers' efforts, but uh, <laughs> um, MBE, yeah, I mean, just amazing. Like that is just something I would never ever thought I would ever achieve in my lifetime. Um, so a massive privilege. Um, yeah, something that I'll cherish for the rest of my life. Something that hopefully my family will cherish, and then maybe grandkids, etc. Um, they can all go, oh yeah, old granddad Jim, he he got an MBE once. Yeah, it's just amazing. I'm super, super honoured. Great, yeah. 
Um, so you've recently been over in the Falklands. Um, I wonder, could you give us a brief insight um, into what it's like to operate um, and live in such an isolated and mostly barren um, part of the world? The Falklands is it's 8,000 miles away from the UK. Um, and you, you do feel that you are in a very unique, unique place. I mean, the wildlife is unbelievable. Uh, there's penguins, there's whales, there's... Um, yeah, just some really unique stuff goes on that, down, down, down there. You get some very interesting weather. Um, actually, because it is so isolated, um, we're quite used to here, to here just having lots of observations of weather. And you just think, all right, well, we've seen it drifting in from Europe. Europe's reported it's doing this, this and this. But actually, your weather a lot of the time is coming from somewhere that nobody is. Um, so the weather people really earn their money out out there um but in saying that it's it's a brilliant airfield it's uh, as long as conningsby pretty much it's got all the facilities that we need um it, it's exactly what you need to to have a base um you've got four typhoons out there and they're they've been there a long time and they've got a big big set of engineers to working on them all the time we get a air bridge comes in twice twice a twice a week as long as the weather's fit um that brings all the people the spares the food um and then obviously you've got an indigenous population down there as well um it's a really unique place to operate you do feel like it's different uh, but to be honest when you're walking around the place you do feel like you could be in scotland um it the actual it's a bit like the west coast of scotland to be honest or i've not been to the shetlands but i've flown around the west coast of scotland a lot it's broadly similar i mean it's it's windy um but you do get some amazing weather down there with regards to good weather um i think bizarrely it actually has more days of sunshine than the uk which is a weird thing to think but yeah, yeah right. i mean the sun shines a lot it's just okay. quite often very windy right okay um so what would your advice be to an aspiring raf pilot You've got to work hard at school. Uh, really put your, put yourself out at school. Get get the grades. But I would definitely say join the Air Training Corps. I think what they offer with regards to um, out of bounds, out of bounds, outward bound sort of activities, Duke of Edinburgh, the flying scholarship scheme or the gliding, um, um, and then just the fact that you wear some military. You have some military ethos instilled in you. You wear some uniform, um, and you're being you're learning about the RF all the time. You go away on camps. Um, you're just going to learn a lot more about the Air Force than just reading a book. If you actually live and breathe it and see it, the Air Cadets is as close as you can do it as a kid. Um, I would just say stand out from the crowd a little bit. Um, probably just go out and do stuff like do stuff that challenges you, makes you look like you're you're a leader or potential leader and play sport, play, play musical instrument, do just do something that's gonna, when they're looking at a hundred people in the interview process, if you, you've got 10 different things that they're looking for, you're gonna beat the guy who's got eight, right? So um, just spread yourself out, um, make yourself stand out. Great. Um, how would you compare same G's display routine this year? your displays if you, if you could. Saint is different because he's kind of flipped mine around uh, mine was a lot, lot about sort of sightline rate um, and around the a-axis but Saint is doing a lot of stuff uh, out on the b-axis uh, his arrival his departure and he's just done a really clever routine that means that you're going to see a lot of different angles and be great for you as photographers. Cause I did feel after two years of my display that you probably were a little bit, not bored of it, but I mean, you're going to see the same angles depending on where you stood. I'm going to be coming the same way, same day all the time. Um, whereas Sainty is coming from different directions, doing different stuff. So he's going to give you a lot, well, he's going to give you a lot different photo and yeah. And he, it's great. It's great to watch. Yeah. And do you have any plans um, once the task of 12 is complete and all of our Qatari friends head home? Yeah, so it's a bit unknown, actually, what's going to happen with the squadron. Um, at the moment, uh, we're, we've got the 
2022 Football World Cup going on in Qatar. So um, we'll be out there doing something for that. We're not quite sure what yet. Um, and then after that, there's there's still discussions to be had as to what happens to 12 squadron. Um, as potentially it carries on as a joint squadron or or maybe not. So to be honest, I'm not looking that far in the future. Um, we're, we're just looking towards um, the autumn at the moment. Um, we're going out on exercise. We're going to be out in Oman on magic carpet uh, and then rolling into a Qatari exercise again, epic skies. Um, and then we'll see how that goes and see what happens next year as well. Nice, nice. Um, so did you enjoy your first go at uh, display commentary at the Midlands Air Festival last month? <laughs> I did enjoy it. Um, what I would say was it, it's a lot harder than it looks <laughs> or, or, or appears. Um, the trickiest thing was, I mean, I thought I knew Sainty's display, um, but actually looking and trying to relate what you're seeing outside with what he's actually doing, that was a lot harder than I was expecting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I... You just feel like there's some awkward pauses at times. Um, but actually, to be honest, a lot of the time, I'm sure people aren't even listening to or can hear you with a typhoon roaring around the place. So you have to pick your moments um, when he's trying to, when he's away or quieter than normal uh, and then get out, get out what you want to say. Yeah, I, enjoy <laughs> I guess it does take some practice. And obviously your friends over at the Red Arrows have been doing that for a few years now, haven't they? So Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he's he's the best, isn't he? Red 10, he's a professional. He's been doing it for years and years. And that, that's one of his main jobs. <laughs> did you ask, did you get any advice at all from him or did you just go into it yourself? No, I didn't. I, I've heard him, well, I've heard commentaries over the two years of displaying. So I just thought of... okay sort of listen to how they used to talk and then try to try to sort of do it my own way. But I Let's probably ended it. up just trying to copy him as best as I could, <laughs> to be honest. Did you, so I'm, I'm uh, digressing a little bit here, but did you find you had like a display um, announcing voice at all? Did you sort of come away from it and go, what has happened to my voice there? Like a commentary. Grand, grandstand voice. Yeah. <laughs> I was very aware. I mean, I hate the sound of my own voice. Um, I, I'm not sure anyone does like the sound of their own voice, but when you can hear yourself on a speaker nearby, actually it's quite off-putting. So I tried to sort of drown that out and then just speak as clearly as I could. Um, try not to be too slangy. <laughs> a bit like now, I'm trying to put on my best voice and yeah. come up with my, the best answers I can without making myself... Uh, wrap around my own words or or sound like a fool. Uh, you're doing a great job, Jim. No worries about that. I'm sure you've done scarier things in your life than just a podcast with us. Can't think of one. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, well, moving on, we've, we've now got some questions from the community. So obviously what we do before we get you on the podcast or our guest in general, um, we'll put out either a little teaser and eventually say who it is. Um, and we'll basically see if anyone's got any questions for you. Um, so, uh, Ben, do you want to start with the first one? Of course. This is from Rob Slutzer on Facebook. Um, he's asking, how much control does a display pilot have over their routine? Um, and are there set manoeuvres that one is mandated to carry out? Um, and can they work it up from scratch? There are set manoeuvres that Typhoon is already cleared to do. Um, in theory, if you had a completely new manoeuvre that you wanted to do um, and it was outside of those set manoeuvres, you could um, go to the senior officers and say, look, I've got this manoeuvre, please, can you clear it? Um, but I found that the list of manoeuvres that were available to me were enough to con to create what I wanted to create. Um, but yeah, so what you see is that routine is utterly unique to the display pilot. That's why they're different each year. Um, I was so fortunate to get a second year because the thing is, once you've created that routine, it's kind of set in stone uh, because it gets approved sort of in January. And then wow. that is what you work to in all of your workup. And then until you've actually flown it quite a few times, you don't actually realize, oh, actually, I wish I'd changed it to this or I wish I could do this. Yeah. Um, so in the second year, I could actually tweak it. Um, all the bits that I was thinking, oh, I wish I'd done this in year one year two i could change it and the year two was that that was me that that was my my routine year two proper but yeah i mean what it what you see is is out of the brain of the display pilot within the bounds of what's legal 
uh, what the jet can do because um, we do have a rule book um, and also a list of the set things that jet can do like it can only do be in reheat on um under negative g for a certain period of time for example and so you you couldn't just spend the whole time upside down in reheat because i mean that's physics it would run out of fuel <laughs> or, or the fuel wouldn't go to the right places let's say yeah after a while oh class okay um so the next one was from um r to b photos on instagram um and he's asked if you could display any other plane current or past um what would it be and why uh, raptor oh <laughs> okay just different level the things that that flight control system can do the the power it's got the instantaneous angle of attack and i i just saw it i was doing a parade at riyadh years ago so i was in uniform marching rather than displaying which was miserable but no <laughs> i saw the raptor and it did an actual square loop and there's not many things can do an actual square loop but it just can just turn through 90 degrees and it does this falling leaf thing. And I know the, the some of the Russian stuff can do broadly similar stuff, but for me, the Raptor is just the ultimate aircraft. So yeah, I'd like to display that. Good answer. Very good answer. Yeah, certainly the thrust vectory is, is just phenomenal. It's unbelievable. Uh, phenomenal. Uh, the next one is from NMIK22 on Instagram. Um, he's asking, what grades did you get? throughout your school, I imagine. Um, and how did they benefit your journey through the RAF? Uh, I mean, I, I was a bit of a nerd. Um, I'm, I'm lucky that I do got, I have a decent brain with, on me. And um, what did I get? I got four A stars, five A's and a B at GCSE. I got A, B, C, A level, a B and a D, A, S level. And then I got a BSc honours in maths at university. Um, so yeah, quite, I'm quite scientific, mathematical. I would say maths is my best subject. Got one of those sort of brains. Um, not great at languages. Um, that just meant that I'm quite technically minded, which helps with doing quick calculations in your brain. Um, so there is a lot of mental maths when you're flying along, like quick, quick calculations of fuel and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and also just understanding the tech behind the engineering. Um, so, I mean, it's a complex aircraft and you need to know exactly, I'd say exactly, you need to know a lot about the systems and how they're working and more importantly, how to, what to do if they fail uh, and the redundancy and operate checklists. And you've got to be quite, well, you've got not a robot, but you've got to be very precise in everything you do. And yeah. I think a mathematical brain does help with that. It's it's funny actually you say that because like I mentioned previously I did actually apply for the RAF um, for the role of pilot a couple of years back obviously as you can tell wasn't to be um, but one thing that when I was asking anyone's advice that had done it before looking on online forums one of the ones that almost everyone was saying was get your fuel calculations down to a T um, I'd never even heard of them really like I'd done science in school and things like that but these fuel calculations were. Well, the first one I ever saw was outrageous. <laughs> like it just yeah, uh, time distance speed. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. And just yeah, if it's going to take me forty-two minutes to get this distance, how fast am I travelling? And I, I must say that now we have computers that doesn't do a lot of it. But even if you don't need to do that calculation airborne, it's just proving a concept that you've got that sort of brain and yeah. and therefore able to think quickly. Because yeah. um, stuff does happen fast. It's probably yeah. a bit of a yeah. cliche, but it Definitely. does. Yeah. And very quickly, it can go wrong from being really, really, everything's great, everything's great. Very quickly, things can go wrong and escalate. Yeah. And if, unless you act quickly, that's when things can, uh, can be bad. No, that's cool. Um, so, uh, next question is from uh, Lorcan44 on Instagram. Um, so, how do you prepare mentally and physically before a flight? So you've got to be well rested. I mean, you, you'll know as well as I can, as I do, that if you try and do something that requires utmost concentration and, and physical ability, you, you can't be tired. Um, so try and rest as much as I can. Um, and then chair fly is the best way to kind of describe it, but just run through the routine over and over again in your brain. Um, 
really study what the day's weather's doing. Um, the wind has way more effect than you'd ever think. Um, even at the speeds we're traveling at, up to 600 miles an hour, if you've got a 20 knot on crowd wind, that has a huge effect on your ground track. Um, and the typhoon is, a lot of the time, we are full back stick. Mm. So we're just pulling 9G. So right, we it's it's very difficult to then finesse a maneuver if you're max performing the aeroplane. Yeah. So actually, the way to fly the typhoon is to ease it out and then max stick back stick it back in. And you, if you don't know what the wind's doing, then you're going to end up very quickly uh, busting lines or being too far away from the crowd. Oh, wow. Okay. Again, really interesting insight. Just things that you wouldn't really think of, and like you say, you know, just yeah. Yeah, and the jet acts very differently in different winds. So, if you're loaded up the whole time, then actually you keep the speed under control pretty well. Yeah, because uh, I, I try to spend as much time as Sainty does as well in full reheat, just because it's. I mean, that is the jet working yeah. the best, but that's the noisiest. That's the most physical. Uh, it's the most appealing thing to see, right? It's the, the crowd pleaser, isn't it? It's an absolute crowd pleaser. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've lost my train of thought a little bit, but I was just along the lines of if you are having to come out of reheat a lot and ease off or, or you're trying to keep it in reheat, but you're having to ease off very quickly, the speed will run away from you. Yeah. There's nothing worse than a display that's going to where the jet's going too fast. Right. Okay. You end up being G limited mm. and now the G and the alpha isn't enough and the engines are that powerful. You would end up just ending end up doing a 9g supersonic turn about uh, with a turn circle the size of half, half of west sussex probably um <laughs> so it is a real trick to keep the speed under control um, yeah and different wind conditions mean that you have to do different things with the throttle wow okay and five uh, is from aviation nwi on instagram um, if you had to choose one aircraft to join the raf what would it be and why Raptor. Yeah, I was about to say, I think <laughs> oh, there's, there's a theme here, isn't there? Yeah, um, there is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Raptor's been around a long time. It's well established. Um, but for me, it's just the ultimate. It was the original, not the original stealth, but the pro, the original stealth fighter yeah. as opposed to the stealth bomber, the 117. Um, and just every time I see it perform, I'm just in, utterly impressed with uh, what it can do. So, I mean, there's a reason the Americans won't sell it to anyone. It is that yeah. good. I mean, I've only ever seen it display once, and I don't think that was even a full display. I think the day that I was there, I think it, I think it had some issues halfway through the display. But even just that half a display was enough. Like you say, you're just in awe the whole time you're watching it. You're just wondering, well, how can something like that be moving as it does? Um, it just. It, it just blows the mind. I mean, it's it's yeah, an unbelievable it's piece. Defy the laws of physics. It really yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, now, hopefully, fingers crossed, we get to see one again next year, which would be well. F thirty five. I mean, the trouble with F, I say the trouble. It's a single engine airplane, the F thirty five. So, I mean, it's an incredible performer, etc. But just doesn't quite have the curb appeal of a big two engine thrust vector jet, does it? Yeah, <laughs> for me. Fair enough. Um, so uh, the last one that we've got from uh, our online questions, uh, which is from uh, Tony Fisher on Instagram, uh, what would you say is the toughest manoeuvre to pull in regards to the human body? The hardest one for me was probably the the big barrel roll, um, just because that's the one you're probably at 9G for the longest. Um, it's just a big, sustained 9G Maneuver. Yeah. So that, anytime you're at 9G, you're working hard. Uh, anytime you've gone from, we try not to do the whole push pull thing where you go from negative to positive because I, it's really hard um, yeah. to to counteract the G force in that regard. Um, but yeah, I, I think probably any sustained 9G, so maybe the big max performance um, rate turn that I did uh, in 2018. Which are then turned into the Derry Triangle for a 19, uh, or the big, big arrival bow roll. Nice. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, that's cool. Um, yeah. I mean, like I say, it's, it's 
it's just amazing to watch because like you say you wonder about how is that staying in the air you're chucking about and just basically in a way i don't mean it's it's basically like you're abusing this piece of kit and it's just taking everything you throw at it but then at the same time it's doing the same to you yeah i mean it's utterly violent flying one of those things and it's <laughs> there it looks probably okay from the ground but actually there's not much finesse in the cockpit it's not like um, flying a Spitfire where you're caressing it around the sky. It is brutal. It's just full back stick, full front stick, throttle to idle, throttle to reheat, and it, everything is just digital effectively. Um, but yeah, you're just thrashing around in there. But what, what you see, the flying control system is incredible. And uh, the carefree handling is just different level in Typhoon. Yeah. There's no other airplane that I know of or, or have flown that you could do, well, effectively abuse the stick and throttle as much as I do in a display or Sainty does and yeah. for it to just take it. I mean, the jet is phenomenal. No, that's amazing. Um, well, those are our questions from online. Um, I think we've pretty much... Uh, run out well i say run out i could probably uh, probably speak to ben as well i could probably talk to you for the rest of the night but we haven't really got that time unfortunately um but obviously on the other side of things jim have you got any questions for us at all so what was your best show that you saw um typhoon perform in 18 and 19 ben do you want to get this one first i will i think oh I think 18 probably have to be react just because the atmosphere down there, you know, is what it is. Um, but I always prefer, I like Biggin Hill. I think it's it's quite a nice, yeah, it's quite a nice background, especially for photography as well. But, you know, you've got Spitfires, you've got Tiger Moss, you've got all these small things. And then, you know, the Typhoon screaming in at, you know, 450 knots, curving around full reheat. Um, it, it's really quite spectacular, especially as well as I think, it's one of the only displays that is, how do I put this, you know, it's so near to cities and towns. I remember, um, I don't live too far uh, from being in airports, and I remember the, the day before on the Saturday, you know, the typhoon came screaming over the house, which is, for me in South London, is something that, you know, never normally um, never normally happens. And it's in that respect, it's it's great seeing, you know, for me anyway, something I'm so used to, brought um, so many people outside of uh, the air show and, you know, air force, air force circuit. You know, Biggin's a tricky venue. Just you've got Heathrow airspace above you, so actually, Typhoon can't do a full display at Biggin, uh, just because okay. it needs three and a half thousand feet to do its full display. And you know, you've got two and a half thousand feet. You're you're up with the airliners, which isn't good. <laughs> yeah, right. Rolling show only at Biggin, but yeah, amazing venue. It is. Yeah, I imagine it's well to know uh, land from the south. You put the main road with the double decker buses going along it. Yeah, um, there's so, actually quite. I can't remember which side it was, but it's like quite a steep cliff. One is. It's quite yeah. The runway yeah, is, is very steep. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, 2018 was probably um, Riyadh as well because of obviously the um, RAF 100 celebrations um, and things like that. It, it just obviously the whole spectacle and the event that was going on was quite special uh, i can only assume it was very special for yourself as well being the typhoon display team pilot for the hundred years of the art you know the centenary for the raf um so that was amazing uh 2019 i think for me would probably be um bournemouth air show actually because the weather started off when i got there it did not stop raining the visibility was horrendous um a lot of people ended up walking and going home uh, but me and my friend we stuck it out and tried to find a better spot by the time you came out in the typhoon the sun was out the skies were blue the basically it was perfect for photography um and it was my first year that i had my new camera as well so the mix of the moisture in the sky the blue skies um, the fact that I was sat on the beach um, and also, unfortunately, now that it was my last air show, uh, you know, since COVID, I think it's got to be that one because the, the whole thing just in itself um, was unbelievable. Um, it just came together perfectly. Uh, and like I say, some of the best photos I got of your displays were from Bournemouth 2019. So, um, yeah, I'd probably go for those two there. Um, those evening displays are amazing, aren't they? The yeah. When, yeah. when you get the setting sun and everything just changes a different colour, but yeah. yeah. That sunset display at Bournemouth for me was, yeah, 
definitely in my top three. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, yeah, I mean, have you got any other questions for us at all? Uh, what sort of manoeuvres would you say we need to do as Typhoon Display Pilots for you guys um, to get the best photos? For me, I'm going to jump in first on this one. So obviously I haven't seen Sainties yet. So obviously this is me speaking from the last time I saw a Typhoon display. And I could be wrong. People might end up shouting at their screens going blah, blah, blah. But it's been a little while. For me personally, I've not got that many topside shots of the Typhoon. I've got some underbelly. I've got some side on. But for me personally, I've not got that many, you know, like sort of um, topside pass and we can see the cockpit and everything like that. So that for me would probably because obviously I go through my pictures so often trying to re-edit trying to find some maybe hidden gems and um, it's one of those that for me personally I've not got a beautifully crisp topside pass of a typhoon so I'd probably go with that yeah so if we go to a knife edge that's not quite topside for you is it so Mm. uh, I know in my show I tried to do the uh, the minus three push from 135 degrees angle of bank yeah that probably depending on where you were sat angle wise would give you a, a lot of top side yeah um but yeah saint is doing something broadly similar and he's also got a couple of other things in there this year as well which really shows blackjack off so hopefully you can get yourself in the right place and yeah, get some good top sides of blackjack this year. To be honest with you, the way things are at the minute, I will take anything. I cannot wait to see blackjack. I can't wait to see the display. I just want to hear fast jet noise again, to be honest with you, Jim. Like, honestly, I've not seen or heard a typhoon since the end of August 2019, and that's too long. That's yeah. indeed, yeah. <laughs> Need to um, yeah. Uh, ben, have you got an answer to that question? I think there's a very fine line between something that is you know, visually appealing, but then also rich with photographic opportunities. I think people tend to know turn and burn is always fantastic. Um, I think the only thing, as again, I'll say, I haven't seen Satan display yet, um, and I might not this year, actually. Um, but the one thing that I would like to see is Typhoon do some high alphas, in, you know, high alpha and some slow speed stuff. Certainly, um, I think the Finnish and someone else, the F-18 display, the Hornets, they tend to do a lot, a lot more slow stuff as well. Um, I think it would be interesting to see the typhoon put into some of those a- attitudes um, and just slow up a little bit. I think it would just be really interesting to see what it can what it can do. You know. Yeah, I mean, if you were to say typhoon has a weakness, it's the fact that it is limited in alpha. So the Finnish F-18 has unlimited alphas. F-18 is an alpha aeroplane, yeah. whereas we're a, we're a power and a rate aeroplane. Uh, so when you see typhoon doing its slow pass that is unfortunately as slow as it can get legally um, without yeah so 120 knots is our legal legal limit for being slow um so yeah i mean we 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 were pushing out we when we do our slow pass we're at 120 knots but unfortunately legally we can't go any slower fair enough just the way time but no i mean i think it's well that yeah the the, i think the dirty pass the gear down stuff again um, for photography, that's a thing that you don't always tend to see a lot of, because, you know, landing shots tend to be, uh, you know, with the running with the ground in front of you. Um, so I think there's one um, quite a nice attitude, you know, with the gear down and um, reheat. And that's something that you don't tend to see so much. Um, that, that sort of thing is, is yeah, fantastic. Yeah, good. So he's got a gear down bow roll, which, which is really, really good to see. I've seen lots of good photos of that already. You actually was it? Um, you did the dirty loop, didn't you? I did the slow. That's slow it. just to show off how incredibly powerful the jet was. Yeah, from 120 knots with the gear down, slam the really in, and then just go straight into a loop. But yeah. also, I did a loop from takeoff as well, which just which a lot of jets I say a lot, some jets can do, but nothing does it as near to the beginning of the runway as, as Typhoon. Yeah, yeah, just from the raw power from, from the start is just. It's just there to be seen. Yeah. I think that the Typhoon is is still the fastest climbing. I've everyone's been chatting the screens now, but I think it is still the fastest climbing jet. Um, I think it does just hit the F fifteen. Um, as a, it wouldn't um, surprise me. Uh, the The performance in it is what is eye watering. Yeah. <laughs> um, any more questions, Jim? Or I can't think of anything right um, now. No, no, no that's fine. Yeah. No worries. 
Um, maybe we'll have to get you on again at some point. Yeah. And continue <laughs> <this>. uh, <laughs> um, well, if that's the case, uh, that just about gets us back to base after another flight. Uh, Jim, we hope you enjoyed it and there wasn't too much turbulence. No, it was brilliant. Thanks, guys. No, you looked after me well and nothing too tricky there, I don't think. So. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, um, like, like we said previously, we like getting people on for almost a chat. You know, we'll ask some questions and get maybe in depth. We've had, we've had some serious ones. So, um, yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, but we will go around the group now so you can find us all on social media. Um, ben, you start with yourself. Mine's extremely simple. Instagram, aviation underscore 617. Obviously, Jim, feel free to tell us as much or as little as you want about your social media presence, but feel free, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, I mean, now I'm not the display pilot. I'm not sure how interested you'll be in me, but (laughs) I still have Instagram of Jim Peterson's uh, is my handle on that. Um, And then you can always follow my wife, uh, Sally, uh, Sally Designs. Uh, so she does a lot of stuff now with her, her aviation leather business. And oh, cool. um, yeah, if you follow her, then you'll probably see some cameos of me along the way every nice. so often. So that, that that's a great thing to look at. Oh, ideal. Yeah. Nice one. Thank you. Um, yeah, cool. Um, obviously myself uh, on Instagram and Facebook uh, afterburner aviation, uh, all one word um so yeah thank you so much for joining us on episode 12 of the av geeks assemble podcast jim if i'm being honest this is one i've really been looking forward to um we've had pilots on we've had but for me personally having a fast jet raf pilot it's and obviously yourself two years in the typhoon display team um it's, it's been an honor basically so oh, thank, thank you, you. No, huge, really huge highlight yeah yeah so Thanks thank for inviting you. me along yeah, no, absolute pleasure. And obviously, you're always welcome back if you ever want to as well, even if it's just for a chat. Um, but yeah, we hope everyone enjoyed it as much as we definitely did. Uh, please drop us a DM on Instagram or join the Facebook group if you want to give any feedback. Um, but yeah, in episode 13, we will have another special guest on the podcast. Uh, this time, we'll be speaking to an RAF chef who also enjoys cooking up some awesome images during his spare time on base. Uh, so if you can figure out who we mean and would like to get your questions answered by this aviation photographer with a very unique perspective, then please send us a DM on Instagram, which is at avgeeks underscore assemble, or we will start a topic on our Facebook group. Once again, it is avgeeks assemble uh, for you to post your questions there. Um, so thanks again to this week's guest, Jim. Um, we really look forward to seeing you around Coningsby or on the airshow circuit. Uh, once again, it's been an absolute pleasure. So thank you. Thank you. Um, stay safe out there and we'll see you at the fence.